So I'm here in Toronto at Bitcoin Decentral, right? And you're here with, with Anthony DiOrio, Bitcoin Decentral and Bitcoin Alliance of Canada. And Ethereum. And you're the first place that I've seen a Bitcoin ATM. <laughs> yeah, we're the, the first one in Toronto, the second one in the world, actually, the first being in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. and we've got another five coming, five on the way. Huh. Yeah. So uh, for most people have heard about Bitcoin at this point. If you haven't, you look, you're probably not listening to this podcast because you don't care about technology. But uh, let's step up to 30,000 feet. What, what is Bitcoin? So Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized digital currency. Um, it's a system that allows you to send Bitcoins anywhere in the world instantly. So you can send money, like I consider Bitcoin money. You can send value instantly anywhere in the world and you can do it for free. Uh, in a time where we have emails that can be done, you know, right away and do it for free. Yeah. To send and that's what makes it different from PayPal because PayPal charges you a fee and requires an sure. so email address and a password. Right? By decentralized, it means that nobody owns it, nobody controls it, it's no government that runs it, it's no company that owns it. Uh, most people will probably be familiar with decentralized systems, something like uh, BitTorrent, right? It's a distributed network of computers that actually run the system. So with Bitcoin, you've got hundreds of thousands, or sorry, tens of thousands of computers from around the world that are running a piece of software, and they replace the need for Visa or a centralized system that's actually verifying transactions and securing the network. And in return for these guys doing this and giving their, their resource power to secure the network and facilitate the transactions, they're rewarded in Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and t today I think a Bitcoin's worth about seven hundred Canadian dollars, or yeah. around that much in America. Around there, and it's been fluctuating wildly. And that it'll, you'll get that in newer currencies and ones that have a very low market cap. But as the you know years go on, we're about five years into this experiment. As it gets larger and larger, you're going to see it stabilizing, yeah. like like all currencies do. So what do you guys do here? You have an ATM and you have some companies here that are starting? So this is Bitcoin Decentral. We have an ATM, which is one company here. I've got another company called CryptoKate, which is a Bitcoin wallet and a secure PGP encrypted messaging system. Uh, it's the, the home of the Bitcoin meetup. We've got a 650 members of the group and we meet every single Wednesday here. It's a office space for the Bitcoin Alliance of Canada, which is a national nonprofit organization to promote Bitcoin and provide information on Bitcoin to merchants and entrepreneurs and regulators and governments that are looking to learn more about Bitcoin. You've been on the media quite a bit lately. Yeah, especially with the uh, thing that's happening with MT Gox, which is one of the largest exchanges in, in the world that just uh, shut down yesterday and a lot of people's money or Bitcoins uh, are in limbo right now. So yeah, there's been a lot of media coming in here, national media from Canada coming in for stories and wondering what the heck happened. And the biggest thing to realize is that Bitcoin is secure. Bitcoin did not fail. It was a private company that was holding on to people's money that actually went under. And so explain what an exchange is and why that's different than Bitcoin itself. Okay, so you've got exchanges. There's different ways to buy Bitcoins. You've got ATMs, you've got Bitcoin dealers that are local people that buy and sell Bitcoin. And you've got exchanges, just like if you're buying currencies where you hook up to an exchange and there's local exchanges all over the world. You hook up an exchange, you send them your information, you hook up a bank account, you send funds in, and then you're buying and selling Bitcoins with other people that are hooked up to that exchange. And then you can withdraw the Bitcoins after or withdraw your cash. The problem with exchanges is that you have to let other people hold on to your money. So in the case of MT Gox, they were holding on to hundreds of thousands of people's Bitcoins. And because of a security flaw in their system, now, not a security flaw that everybody was actually having with all the other exchanges. It was a known issue that they didn't take the time to fix. Yeah. And over time, it looks like the money had been disappearing to the point where they said, oh, well, what's happened? And when they realized it was too late. 
So we're looking so at somebody was stealing money from that exchange. That's what it looks like, and there could be upwards of seven hundred thousand bitcoins missing, representing three hundred fifty million dollars potentially, which is six percent of the bitcoin that are out there. Wow. Yeah, but I've always told people do not leave money in an exchange. You wouldn't want to be trusting anybody, a private company with all that bitcoins. And, and the thing about bitcoin, the best thing is you can be your own wallet. You can have it set up that you can't. Only you have access to it, which means that governments can't come and take it from you. Places like, like Cyprus that were having governments taking you know, haircuts of people's bank accounts, if they were stored in Bitcoin, that couldn't happen. And that's why it's been recepted well in places like Greece or Cyprus or Argentina right now. Now, how do you have a wallet? Explain that. How do I get started with Bitcoin, I guess? There's many different types of wallets. You've got uh, apps that are wallets. You've got desktop clients that are wallets. You've got brain wallets, in fact, where you can have a code in your head that actually stores, that is your code to your Bitcoins. Uh, there's many different it's options. It's hard to, hard to remember because a, a Bitcoin code is pretty long. No, because what you do is you actually translate into a phrase. Ah. So, you know, today I'm talking with Robert Scoble about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Decentral. That's a phrase that's never been mentioned anywhere in, any, at all, ever. And if you use a phrase like that, that can actually be your code that unlocks your Bitcoins. You don't even need any files. You can travel anywhere in the world, put that phrase in, and you've got access to your Bitcoins. That's a brain wallet. You've got paper wallets that you can print out and store in a safe. Uh, online wallets, uh, Chrome extension wallets, which is what CryptoKit is, many different types of options that you have, and you're as secure as what your wallet is. Yeah. You've got offline wallet systems that are actually computers that have never touched the internet that are storing in cold storage your, your Bitcoins. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about some of the other companies you're starting or seeing starting here in Toronto. So what we're doing here is we've uh, got a co-working space here. And what we're setting up is an, is an accelerator space for Bitcoin 2.0 technology. So we've got four floors here, 5,500 square feet. And the second floor is going to be for Bitcoin Accelerator program. And we're developing the fund right now. It's called BD Accelerate. And the focus is not just going to be on Bitcoin, but on next level of Bitcoin, uh, on technology such as Ethereum, which is what we're working on. And this is what Vitalik uh, created. sitting next to you. Yeah, this is Vitalik Buterin. Hi there. Yeah. <laughs> Remember this audio so they can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Vitalik is the founder of Ethereum, which yeah. is the most exciting project that we're working on right now. And what makes what what's Ethereum? What what makes it different than Bitcoin? Uh, Ethereum offers so much more. It's actually a full programming language built into the blockchain. Whereas Bitcoin is just something that uh, uh, it's called. You know, it was just it's not what's called Turing complete. Okay, so with, with Ethereum, you're going to be able to actually do any type of code possible, any type of script possible, any type of financial transaction, hedging, shorting, um, smart contracts, smart property, decentralized autonomous organizations, things that possibly couldn't be done with Bitcoin. Bitcoin was great as a 1.0 technology. This is going to be like 2.0. Now, is this still using Bitcoin as uh, underneath, or, or is this a completely new currency? Completely new currency, and Vitalik will actually can give you more information on on. Yeah. on, on uh, the benefits of, of Ethereum and why it's going to be such a game changer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me uh, come sure. over there. Sure. So, right. what, um, why, what makes Ethereum different than Bitcoin, and, and, and why is it uh, something that the world should pay attention to? Right. So, the main uh, difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin is that Ethereum has the subprogramming language built in. So, whereas uh, Bitcoin is uh, a great form of digital money, you can use it to send money from anywhere to anywhere around the world in a few seconds, it's still, it's still quite simple fundamentally. All you can do really is send money from one person to another. With Ethereum, what you can actually do is you can send money into scripts, and then those, those scripts will then, will then make transactions by themselves automatically. So, the 
advantage of that is that you can make what, what, what we're calling smart or what people have been calling smart contracts, which are uh, in simple terms, contracts that sort of enforce themselves. Ex explain further, what, if I'm a business person, why do I want one of these contracts? Okay. Um, there's one big category of applications would be financial applications. So if you want to have some kind of financial derivative, if you want to do hedging, then you would have a contract where two people would put in money and then after some time the contract would automatically send out some amount of money uh, to, to one party and then to the other party based, based on certain rules. So you could do various kinds of swaps, tr uh, trades, any, anything with leverage. Uh, there's also applications like escrow. So if, if you want to have a, a, a trade between two people that don't necessarily trust each other, you could, you could involve one, one or more escrow agents and you could very easily facilitate this through contracts. Yeah. There's also other more advanced applications like make, making your own currencies, doing, exchange, doing exchange between those currencies and, and so forth. What's your background? Because uh, you don't talk like the standard, you know, Silicon Valley geek. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I've been, uh, well, I've lived in Canada for the past uh, four, 14 years. So I was uh, studying computer science at the University of Waterloo, but then I dropped out about eight months ago to go into Bitcoin full time. That means you're going to be a billionaire. Okay. <laughs> uh, or, a, or, a, or a dropout overdosing on whatever. <laughs> Or both. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, so how did you get into financial instruments and, and get so literate on financial instruments? Because that's not something you learn in computer science class, is it? Um, learning doesn't really come from class. There's something called the internet and Wikipedia, and you can, like, read. Right. But you're, you're very passionate about it and knowledgeable about it. What, what, what got you into that? Well, I mean, I've been involved in Bitcoin for about three years now, and it's just... These are the sorts of things that we t we talk about every day. You know, how do you how do you do contracts? How do we make how do we make financial systems more e more efficient, uh, more more transparent, more fair? It's uh, really it's it, it is really really so something that you like once you get involved into and once you get once you get involved in, uh, in in Bitcoin, it just sort of goes further and further, and it's really a near infinite number of applications that you can do with it. Yeah. What What's the business model for Ethereum? How are you guys going to make money based on all these uh, on this new kind of currency? Right. So Ethereum uh, contains an internal currency which we're calling Ether. So the point of Ether is to serve as a sort of liquidity layer and as a sort of mechanism for paying transaction fees in the Ethereum network. And we're releasing this currency, and we're going to be uh, uh, pre-selling uh, some uh, some units of this currency uh, as uh, a way of get of getting initial funding, and uh, we're going to hold some units ourselves, so our success is pretty much tied to the growth of the network. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it, it'll start out at a price, and, and the market w demand will increase its price just like it did with Bitcoin, right? Yep, just like Bitcoin. Yeah. Crazy. Um, what's the challenges of starting a business like this? I, I assume that getting people to believe in it is, is a huge challenge with currency. It took five years for Bitcoin to get to the place where it is today. And people are still arguing out, is this really something I should bet my, my, my money on, right? 
Yeah, well, fortunately, you know, Bitcoin already does exist. Like, if I think if it weren't for Bitcoin, none of these ideas would be getting any attention whatsoever. They'd just be some crazy computer scientist paper that everyone would dis dismiss as being impractical. Like, you know, like, now that Bitcoin exists and now that everyone understands its potential, that's really been opening the doors for a lot of these different technologies and people wondering, you know, here's Bitcoin, it clearly works. What are some of the other things that you can do with it? Can you use this technology for more than just money? Explain what what you mean by it's because of the contract nature of, right. of it's, uh, yeah like it's there are application financial applications but there are also things like creating your own currencies but it actually also gets interesting because there are a whole bunch of entirely non financial applications for this sort of stuff like one application for example is a decentralized phone book that's actually incredibly. Or that's a sort of layman, layman's way of putting it, but just... Decentralized Dropbox. Decentralized Dropbox. Passwords, all Pass, these different yeah. things that, uh, mm. um, that, that having some type of transparent consensus system, which is the blockchain, is going to enable people to do, and mm -hmm. to do it without third parties being involved, and centralized systems. The whole buzzwords are decentralized, distributed, transparency. That's where everything is going, and that's what... Ethereum is going to allow people to do, and it's going to provide a platform, just like an Android platform, where apps can now be built, and this is where the environment is going to be built on. This is why people are so excited, because they can start building apps that consumers can use who don't know how to script programs, don't how to know how to create these contracts their own, will have apps that they can install in one click and be able to carry out tasks, just like an, an, the Android store, Android platform is. So Ethereum is the platform that apps and the environment will be created upon. Why, why is this happening in Toronto and not somewhere else in the world, Israel or San Francisco? Because it's, we have Vitalik. Well, <laughs> actually, it, it, is, it is happening everywhere in the world. We have a team in San Francisco. We have uh, quite a lot of people setting up in Switzerland. We've That's, got, dozen, we've got yeah. over a dozen of meetup groups already that have started out uh, yep. that are just extremely excited Bitcoin people that are now realizing that Ethereum could possibly be something that's so much more powerful. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's great to meet somebody like you because, what, you know, you're seeing a world that the rest of us are like, what? <laughs> just trying to figure out Bitcoin, and now you got something like Ethereum to even start thinking about. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I remember interviewing Doug Engelbart, and he he was very toward the end of his life, and he was very he's the guy who invented the mouse and uh, you know yeah. did the mother of all demos, and he was very frustrated because he couldn't get the rest of us to see his visions of where he thought the world was going and you know now we're all using it you know but. yeah that's all that's all old news the future is in succinct computational integrity and zero knowledge proofs okay <laughs> <laughs> succinct uh, okay explain that a little bit a oh, little okay. bit come oh, down okay. a little these, bit. <laughs> uh, these are actually really fun ideas so the concept of succinct computational integrity is that you can run a program and you can come up with a short cryptographic proof that you ran the program and you got a certain result so you can actually do something like an Amazon EC2 instance completely trust free and if you combine it with fully homomorphic homomorphic encryption, you can even make it 100% private too. So you can potentially use any kind of computational resources anywhere without the people providing those resources have any idea what you're using them for. Now I know why Rackspace is interested in you. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> A new kind of private cloud network that's very, very trustworthy is really what, what you're talking about. Well, yeah. Like, and and those are those are ideas that are still in the incredibly early stages of being thought out by like, academic researchers over in uh, in Israel and and in California. Like it's cryptography is an evolving field. I can't wait to see what's going to be around in ten or twenty years. Yeah. 
Who else is at your level doing it that you like uh, uh, listening to or, or talking with around the world? Um, well, I definitely follow a lot, a lot of the people who are actually doing some of these more advanced developments. So in terms of Bitcoin, there are quite a few smart people in the Bitcoin development community. Gregory Maxwell, Adam Back, for example, he is the inventor of, of Hashcash, which is a very, a very critical component in Bitcoin. Um, also, the guys doing the systems computational integrity stuff in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be in Israel in a couple months. So. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Israel is actually a great place to be for Bitcoin. It's uh, Tel Aviv, city with 400,000 people, three Bitcoin restaurants, over 1,000 people in their Facebook group, and that might be outdated. Yeah, I got to get some more Bitcoin. <laughs> There's an ATM right over there. Yeah. So now your ATM is, uh, you're selling your own Bitcoins, but next week right. you're going to hook it up to one of the exchanges. Which, which exchange are you going to uh, hook that up to? It, it's looking like Bolts of Satoshi right now. I'd like to hook up to CA Vertex as, as well, but uh, there's some issues with their API. But for now, for Bolts of Satoshi, which is one of the few exchanges in Canada, and it'll be a buy and sell. You can buy and sell your Bitcoins from the machine there. Yeah. yeah. So you, you think there's going to be a whole network of uh, ATMs like that. Now the ATM has to check uh, your face and make sure that you're not drug, you know, money laundering and stuff like that, right? Yeah, the the newest machine is going to have a uh, a camera to scan, and it's also going to have be able to scan an ID, and then it actually uses a service which matches it up, and even offers someone on the end in case there's an issue, we can call them directly, and that's a charge service, and it actually even puts it onto a, a, a terrorist list as well will actually scan a terrorist list and check if that person is on that list as well. So it's things that we can do to stay ahead of the game in terms of anti-money laundering, where you know, there's no real regulations yet that are very clear for Bitcoin businesses such as ATM, but if we can stay ahead of what they even think we should be providing in terms of, of KYC, know your customer things, we're going to try to be better than what we think the regulators will even want us to do. Yeah, yeah. is a big banking town too, isn't it? So the, there's a, t a, a Waterhouse. I think my money is actually in a bank here. <laughs> yeah, it's the financial capital, definitely, of, of, of Canada. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's all the major banks have, have, have the headquarters in Toronto. And so you probably have a, a, a good um, community here of people that you can uh, talk to about what the possible regulations are going to be and stuff like that. We, we, we have a little bit of that in San Francisco, but it seems to be a stronger community here. Yeah, we've got a strong local community and also a national community. With the Bitcoin Alliance of Canada, we've been meeting with regulators. We've been doing presentations for banks. and We want to be the source of information that provides clear and professional representation of Bitcoin when they're looking to, to learn more about it. I'm not here to push Bitcoin. I'm not here to tell people everybody should get involved. But if you're looking to learn about Bitcoin, we think that we'll provide the best representation of it and give you the information that people need when they're looking for it. Yeah. Right now, if Rackspace wanted to take Bitcoin, I, uh, and we're talking about it, uh, to start a cloud instance or whatnot, what do we have to do? And, you, know, it, you know, if you're a, my brother owns a bar in Virginia, what does he have to do to take Bitcoin? It's extremely simple right now. It's free to set up. Um, you can get some amazing press opportunities. We're starting to accept Bitcoin. There's many different merchant services out there that allow you to... to receive Bitcoin for services and also cash it out if you don't want to hold on to it. I mean, if you don't want to speculate, there's lots of services out there. So there's real, really no reason I see to not accept Bitcoin in your business. You can add it on to all your other services. You don't need to replace them. You can offer discounts to your customers because now you're saving on the fees that you'd be charging with credit card or with debit card fees. You can pass along savings to your customers. So I think it's a, a smart move for any merchant to start accepting Bitcoin. Yeah. What else, what else should people be aware of uh, as, as they start getting more aware about Bitcoin? Because most people 
know the term and know a little bit that it's valuable, but they haven't tried it yet. Most people, have, they're not like him. <laughs> I think Bitcoin, it offers, I've always like, I like frictionless systems. I like ways to reduce barriers between customers and, and merchants. The ways to, I don't like filling out forms. I don't like filling out my credit card information. I mean, when you get a credit card, they tell you don't give it out to anybody. Yet, I've got to give out that number and code on the back. All, everybody, a lot of people have my credit card information right now. Yeah. With Bitcoin, you hold on to it. You're your own bank. You're clearly sending information from one person to another directly without needing a bank or anybody else in the go-between. You can do it for free. You can do it anywhere in the world, and you can do it instantly. Yeah. It's an amazing system. Well, thank you to both of you for uh, spending some time, and good luck on your uh, future business because it uh, sounds like quite, a, quite an interesting idea. Yeah. Where do we learn more about Ethereum? And well, and first of all, my name is Anthony Diorio. I'm Executive Director of the Bitcoin Alliance of Canada, um, and this is Vitalik Buterin. He's uh, um, the founder of Ethereum. We've known each other for quite some time. And uh, you can find more information about Ethereum at ethereum.org, E-T-H-E-R-E-U-M.org, and uh, Bitcoin Alliance of Canada is bitcoinalliance.ca. And we're doing a nice big expo in Toronto at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre in April, and that's bitcoinexpo.ca. Very cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.